It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, superheroes, and Mother Nature, so please hmm. spare me. So let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week we're reviewing Hurricane Blue Beetle. It's technically Tropical Storm Blue tropical Beetle. Tropical Storm Blue Beetle. Okay, great. Okay, well then hopefully we don't get upgraded to Hurricane status. But yes, we are mm. reviewing Blue Beetle. Uh, Ahsoka gets moved up six hours, which means actually a whole day for most people. So we're going to talk yeah. about what this means uh, later. Scott Pilgrim returns to the zeitgeist after 13 years of. For me, Chris, it for me, Chris, it never left. Yeah, it never. It's, it's so weird to me because it, it, I don't know when's the last time it's been published. Like the last episode was finished 25 years or 15 years ago, more. I don't know, but anyway, we got Scott Pilgrim news, and you're gonna love it, and more. Yeah, and like I alluded to in the opening. Uh, like the last couple weeks on the podcast, I've been like battling the Southern California heat. Now I'm battling not exactly the opposite because it's not necessarily cold, but it's wet. It's raining outside. I'm looking right out my window right now, not just because it's a nice view, but also just um, strategically for safety. Uh, the winds are supposed to pick up here at some point uh, tonight, tomorrow. We're going to be getting some pretty big gusts between like 40, 50 miles an hour. Uh, there's a lot of rain. The, uh, the gutters out there. Uh, on the streets are getting pretty full, but as of right now, Southern California is just, we're having some light fun mm -hmm. before the uh, the impending doom hits. Um, if you've been keeping up with the storm coverage, all the real bad stuff is going to happen in the deserts because like that's like pouring a bucket of water onto uh, concrete, and it's just going to go everywhere, and it's going to be bad. So don't know how things are going to shake out in SoCal, but I'm happy I can be here to record with you, Chris. Hopefully yes. my internet and upload speeds will still be functioning properly by the end of this episode so I can get this one up into the cloud and I'll come back all fresh and peachy with um, with a free car wash from my car um, out there known yes. as Mother Nature next week. Absolutely. We're, we're in a heat wave on our end, uh, the opposite end of Mike's actually for once. So uh, for anyone in the... Uh, you know, Kentuckyana region. Uh, stay, stay inside while the heat's coming at you this week. Don't, don't get overheated. Don't, don't sit in the cars. Don't, don't lock yourself in your car while while you're waiting on your wife to go into the grocery store. Get in there too. Enjoy some of that air conditioning. But uh, we're gonna read this going for Mike. Mike, you, um, you've been watching some stuff here. Looks like uh, some of the, this on Netflix, I believe. The yes, uh, the Fear Street trilogy, as you noted here. Uh, continue to tell us. About this because I I know it was on Netflix. I we don't watch horror around here. It's nothing personal. It's just it's not our jive in this house. So um, tell us about the Fear Street. Trilogy. Well, I think more accurately I could pitch Fear Street to folks out there as a teen slasher, which is at least one of the categorization bullet points that Netflix uses. But uh, this was kind of a fun enough release of a uh, trilogy that came out in the year 2021. So we were all kind of still in the pandemic and we were all leaning into our streaming services, you know, as all of the 
earnings for all of these streamers uh, loved reporting during the pandemic, right? So this was a fun trilogy of teen slasher movies that came out during the summer of 2021, and each film came out one week apart. And it was this fun gimmick where the story of Fear Street was being told in reverse. The first film, part one, takes place in 1994. Then we go back in time for the second film to get a little bit more backstory and explanation on the lore of kind of these curses that exist in this town. We go back to 1978, and then finally we end up in 1666, kind of at the beginning where all of this uh, takes place. You know, I won't I won't spoil too much because I think there's enough here to recommend if you're just kind of a fan of the genre or maybe you want to see maybe some slight experimental kind of filmmaking, even though I think experimental is a stretch. I just thought the gimmick of the three movies was enough for me to watch it, at least while I was working out, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So it was fun going back in time, going in reverse. So you see these killings happen in this town, and there's this whole idea that there's this curse. We go back in time to see where the curse kind of had been proliferating through the town, kind of almost like if you have seen or read the the It stories, uh, where you know the Pennywise has kind of like cursed the town in general. Um, so that was that was fun to see. Uh, it has a lot of Stranger Things cameos in it, so you can kind of see the Netflix synergy machine spinning up for this trilogy, which, you know, is kind of fun. You, you do the Leonardo DiCaprio meme a lot of like, hey, I know where that yeah. person's from. I saw that person in uh, Stranger Things. But the, it, the, the, the concept does slightly overstay its welcome once you get to the last film. Uh, when, once you go back to 1666, kind of with these pilgrim settlers, uh, they do the thing where they bring all of the actors from the first two movies back to kind of play proto versions of their family or whatever. Oh, back American in time. Horror Story. And, yeah, and they're doing kind of less than effective kind of accents and uh, it's it, it's not quite as gripping, but hey, it's a streaming service, so what do I do? I use the fast-forward button, and I was happy to see that the technically the 1666 storyline only lasts about an hour of that third movie, and then we catapult back to 1994 to wrap up the whole Cursed Town storyline. So I thought that was fun. Uh, there's some interesting kind of creature designs, or I guess slasher villain designs, because the 1994 movie leans into kind of like the scream uh, vibe of movies at the time. When we go back to 78, we're at a camp, not unlike Jason slasher time. And then 1666, uh, you do you, you get to like witch trials, you know, curses, devils, satanic kind of stuff like that. So mm. that's kind of like a soft re recommend for the Fear Street trilogy if you're just it, looking for something to fill the time. There's a strike going on out there in Hollywood right now, so you kind all you kind of can do is go back and look for stuff that you forgot to watch a couple mm. years ago, right? Well, I was. I'd say I was talking to someone earlier today, and they were um, putting in their uh, Halloween uh, request for Chris Flicks, mm -hmm. if you will. So it, it's about time to, to get into the uh, spooky season, if you will. So, um, yeah, that's probably something. I, I'm not going to watch this. I'm going to be honest. I don't care enough about this. Uh, horror, horror movies <laughs> yeah. just don't do it. I don't care. Like I'm like, I people are like, yeah, you got to watch them. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't have to watch them. I don't care. I'll, I'll just read a synopsis on Wikipedia, to be honest. And it's not because of you. It's not because of your glowing no, it's recommendation be, it's just because how I am. of me yeah so no, I, uh, let me clarify 
This is not a glowing recommendation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just like if you got nothing else going on, you know, you're doing dishes or you're resurfacing hardwood floors or something like that. Throw it on up there. Yeah. Uh, it was. It's just kind of fun. You know, you could easily see this kind of being broken apart, and maybe it would have just been a season of a TV show. But you know, TVs are all the rage now on streaming. You know, it's just kind of fun mm-hmm. to see a trilogy drop all in one month but yeah. that was fear street that's what i watched but um and then you're here as, you are six years late to this one no, i'm kidding you, I, you, yeah. did you no, have not quite six years late chris uh, as the audience may or may not know you were very very kind a few years ago and you sent me a playstation vr that i don't yeah. even remember how you ended up gotting it it was uh, second hand and it was affordable but i wanted to get mike in on this because we needed it yes I, he, he wanted to experience vr as as i had he wanted to give me a taste. And one thing that I was able to do with the PlayStation VR, the the first version back in the day, I was able to play Beat Saber, yes. which is fun. But also it was a, it was a little bit of hassle to do Boy, in kind of like a party environment on that PlayStation those VR. Those chords really ruined yeah. that experience. The, the chords are in the way. It's it's a hassle to kind of set up your, your virtual you boundary and to uh, switch off the headset and give it to other people so they can figure it out. But this is my long-winded way of saying I, I recently just acquired a MetaQuest 2, which is a standalone VR headset, no wires involved. You know, the controllers were actually designed to go with the headset, unlike the PSVR 1, which it was those old move controllers, right? So the resolution's better on the screen. You got more fidelities with the controller. So it's like, hey, I think it's time to get back in the Beat Saber. Uh, we, uh, me and my wife had a fun time. Uh, she was really getting into it more than I would. And then we decided like, oh, since we're leaning into this a bit more, we're not really being an experimental mm-hmm. uh, VR headset. We like, let's just go ahead and start buying some music packs, right? And I feel like that's when the fun of Beat Saber really comes out. Because if you just download vanilla Beat Saber, if you will, you got you just get a lot of like electronic, like kind of party dance it's, music. That, it's very that custom never... songs. Like they, they like, we don't want to yeah. license music yet. We want to put this in here and proof of concept. Uh, and then they started licensing music once the popularity yeah. took off, and that's where the fun s- happens. Yeah, so we like we bought Panic at the Disco, we bought Queen, Linkin Park, uh, Lizzo. So we were just uh, vibing to mm-hmm. all of these songs that we really really like. Uh, there's a couple other music packs on there that I wouldn't mind. Uh, there's a getting. Linkin Park one in there. Uh, yeah, there's a couple um, just like maybe not artists, but there's some that are like mix mix and match. Artists, yeah, there's like a there's like a general kind of like rock yeah. one that there's a couple ones in there that would be like the Freebirds on one of them. That's like an eight yeah. minute song. I might have to like maybe I'll just buy that one individually. I don't know. So been having a fun time with yeah. Beat Saber, but also like. Uh, like my, my wife noticed, uh, she was like, oh, this is just like a workout. Like, you know, we only yes. played it like once or twice on the PSVR, but we were able to lean into it a little bit more. Like, this is a freaking workout for sure. Like you could totally just incorporate this into your, like your normal, like so, cardio that you do and have yeah. a lot of fun. So that's, that's, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. That's kind of what, what I do with mine. You know, whenever I get to work from home, I, you don't want to do mm-hmm. that in the office because you know, you look weird. <laughs> uh, but, uh, what I, the, you know, what Mike you know knows about and other people may know. There is a way to um, download songs. Well, it's not a very, it's not like a built-in feature, but people have crafted their own songs uh, or uh, taken other songs and like made them into Beat Saber stuff, or, like insane stuff. And that is like, again, you know, if I want to teach people to, to VR or I have it out because I'm playing with it or with something else, and they see it like, oh, can I try? I'm like, yes. 
let me put you in Beat Saber because it's the easiest game to learn. Everybody yeah. has fun with it. And then once you open up your library to lots of genres and lots of different music, a lot of people start to have fun with it, right? Because yeah. there's so and, much to, to do. Yeah, and like you were saying, it's extremely intuitive, right? You know, if you see like this transparent virtual wall coming towards you, you move out of the way of it. If you see like little spiky balls coming, don't hit those spiky yeah. balls. Uh, you know, there's directions on all of them. Uh, there was a new feature added to Beat Saber that wasn't in the la last time I played it is these overarching arcs where when you hit yeah. a block, you kind of like continue following the little yes. smoke trail that it leaves. And I didn't need a primer on what that was. I just intuitively got it. So since we kind of got into the workout zone, there was another game that I knew of called Supernatural, which is strictly made specifically for working out. Yep. There's kind of like virtual trainers. They got virtual boxing. And they also have their, their kind of own version of Beat Saber as well. And they got a whole different uh, financial model where it's... It's a subscription-based thing. So I, was, I started my seven-day trial the other day, and that's kind of nice, at least in a way where you get to try everything. You don't have – nothing's behind a, a paywall, at least for your first seven days. So I was jumping into some of their workouts, and their their kind of version mm -hmm. of Beat Saber is fun, where instead of uh, lightsabers, you have bats. And then the environment that you in is they put you in real environments. So, like, I'm in, like, in front of, like, a fjord in, like, Iceland, and their version of Beat Saber blocks, which are kind of like these black and white balloons are coming at me, and they have their own directions listed on them. Then, like, these triangles come at me, which make me need to squat. And mm -hmm. then they have, like, these bars that make you kind of have to bob and weave like a boxer sometimes. And then yep. they do a neat thing where y you, you have to set up your play area a little bit more, but you rotate. So kind of like the portal that's sending you all of the targets isn't always in one spot. You might have to rotate like 360 or 180 to get the other ones, but that was pretty full fun. Full 360, huh? Yeah, and I don't, uh, Chris, I, w I wouldn't be shocked if you have played this already, but if you, if you haven't, I noticed they, they la they've licensed Disney songs that you yeah. can do this to. I was, I was in the Encanto playlist yesterday yeah. uh, doing some stuff, and they take a different approach also to it where there's no pass or fail, so you don't get the kind of antagonizing like, eh, eh, kind of noise if you miss a block like you do in Beat Saber. They kind of just encourage you like, hey, this is working out. If you miss a balloon or something, like no big deal. We're just we're just trying it's to progress. get you working up a sweat. Yeah. So yeah, I might uh, I might try to clear out maybe a little bit more of a workout area for this one in mm. the future. But they, yeah, that's just yeah. that's just my experience with uh, the the VR headset over this weekend. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's great. The only thing I would say, the only thing, uh, the other game I would add, it's it's I wish all games had free trials on Oculus because you just never uh -huh. know. Um, but it's called Audica, A-U-D-I-C-A, and it's Beat Saber with guns. Um, and, like, you know, you mentioned, like, you're shooting blocks, you're hitting blocks with your guns, you're shooting and dragging. Like, you mentioned, like, that one Beat Saber thing that's mad. They, they took that from Audica. But their songs are more, like, um, I would say kind of, like, more curated. Like, you're only going to play, like, 60 seconds of a song rather than the full song because they're, like, mm -hmm. there's some boring parts. We know this. So we're going to play, like, but, like, you know, we got Ariana Grande and Post Malone and a bunch of other like things on Attica, which was really fun. Uh, and their, their zones are really cool because there's some mode you can like hold a button and throw your gun and it like goes out. And then when you let it go, it comes back to your hand, which is like a really That's fun cool. little feature. But um, yeah, absolutely. And then I'm just going to go. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I am on board and looking for recommendations not necessarily for games which i think games are great but i think the coolest thing about the headset for me is like the experiences right like 
uh, I can totally see how you just, you know, adjust a video game to be in virtual reality, right? You know, I'm the camera, you know, you might be giving me arms or something like that, or you're setting up some sort of play world where I can like stay in place and the action happens around me. But I think the experiences are also really interesting to me. So I've seen that there's lots of like interesting, like meditation Medi- type yeah. things yeah. where you're just kind of like floating down a boat or I would love just to have like a triple A studio just just like develop a rich, beautiful, interactive environment where there's like mm-hmm. no score or progression. I just get to like, like walk around or stuff like that. So I'm keeping my out, eye out for that as unique experiences as there, well. There are a couple Star Wars games. I, I know you said you weren't looking for but there are Star Wars. I would say mm-hmm. there are Star Wars experiences because you're kind of on rails a little bit mm-hmm. um, with like lightsabers. Like you, you know, you. I think we we talked about them before. Um, the the Darth Vader games are on Quest. They started mm-hmm. on Quest, so you can play those. And they have like a, tr- a Jedi training session. So if you really want to like do your lightsabers, you're reflecting blades back and using Force powers. Really recommend those if you want to get into your Star Wars stuff for for that. And for those who may not know, if you have an Oculus or not, Iron Man VR finally came to the the Meta Store, Meta Quest Store. It's not just on PlayStation oh. anymore. So um, I would I'm I think I haven't got it yet because I had it on PlayStation VR and I got rid of that. But like. It'd be something definitely I'd want to pick back up on and try with a wire-free headset because, boy, did my hands like lose control on that Iron Man <laughs> VR because it was looking for like the little motion things, like the the blo- light blobs. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to quickly touch on this because we're already 17 minutes in, Mike, and I can hear the wind blow- knocking on your door. No, I'm kidding. I can't hear anything <laughs> over there. But Disney's Lorcana, they're, they're a card game that's a collectible card game uh, very similar to Magic the Gathering or Pokemon came out this weekend in your local game stores. Um, not big box stores yet, but I was able to pick up the three starter decks uh, and go through the cards. And my wife is like in love with this already. She's like, I need the card boxes. I need the sleeves. I need all the Disney merchandise for this game. <laughs> but it's really fun because it's very easy to pick up and play and, and you know, uh, learn how to do. So she was very excited for that. And we, we haven't had a chance to, to play this weekend because uh, I forget. Got to, I needed to go see Blue Beetle. Um, I'll, I'll admit that honestly on the show. Um, we haven't had a chance to play yet, but she's very very excited to play it. We got we got some booster packs. She loves opening booster packs, Mike. Uh, you know uh, who doesn't? That's just that's that's yeah. part of the fun. Yeah, they include a hollow card with everything. So Lorcan is officially out in local game stores. Big box stores will be uh, first of September. So check those out if you're interested. Yeah. Um, I saw I saw somebody opening up a pack, and it's really funny because you have the whole context of like a trading card universe, but now surrounding Disney characters. Yeah. So I saw somebody on TikTok opening a pack and their hollow was the evil Duke from uh, from Frozen. Oh, like yeah, the yeah. Dude, Like the scrawny dude with the mustache. And it's just so hilarious seeing that character in the context of a holographic card. Oh, so yeah. So th- there's some fun juxtaposition at least oh, going on. Yeah, and there's th- th- like no, no Disney property is off limits, right? Like... um. Yeah, we've got Emperor's New Groove. Mike, I know you're a big fan of that. We've got some of those mm-hmm. characters. Obviously, Frozen. We've got um, Tangled. Uh, it was in there. Um, I was trying to think. Um, uh, just all, literally like Lion King, all over the place. Aladdin. The, the deck I have is a Mickey Mouse deck uh, that I've, I'm playing with my starter deck. And uh, my wife has a, believe it's an Aurora deck that she's using. So we're, we're excited to play that. They have colors. You can have two colors per deck. There's six ones to pick from, and they each have different abilities. So uh, we're excited to dive in that this week as we, you know, get some of that free time back. But, uh, yeah, I just want to let people know. I don't want to talk about it too much because I'm like, 
you can't you can't really go out and buy it very easily. Like like literally one store I went to, they're like, all we have are the starter decks. The other one's like, we're out of starter decks. We only have like two booster packs. I'm like, well, I'll take it. I, I, I mean, I'll I will go open them at, at home. It'll be it'll be a good time. So uh, we'll probably talk more about this comes to to release. And also shout out to friend of the show Patrick. He was able to pick up a Mickey Mouse playing mat from this game as well at his game store. Mm. So um, very excited to to dive in to those. But as I just mentioned, I forgot I need to go see Blue Beetle this weekend. But that's not an indicator of how this movie is. It just means it's a really bad time for movies to come out. And it wasn't really high on our radar list. Right, Mike? Um, we've talked about this before. This was a streaming movie moved to theatrical release. And I, I feel promotions are there, but not really well. Like, I don't think there's a lot of marketing dollars for Blue Beetle. Right? At the end of the day, when you're probably looking at budget for this film. Um, yeah, I, I didn't I see it in a lot of places. The- yeah, I don't think it's the studio's priority at the current moment. Yes, absolutely. But we both were able to see it yesterday, um, you in the morning, me in the evening. Uh, so uh, we're going to jump into our spoiler-free thoughts of this movie. We just did a full review episode, so you can go check that out if you want to listen to more of that. But, Mike, go ahead, and you get to start this time. Tell us your spoiler-free oh. thoughts on Blue Beetle. Yeah, I mean, Blue Beetle is a is a fine movie. Uh, similar to the Fear Street trilogy, like I just mentioned, a soft recommend. Uh, there's enough here that will get you excited and pull your emotional heartstrings, but there's also moments that'll kind of fly in out of left field and feel very cheesy and out of place and like, oh, I wish they just would have left that weird bit out. Uh, we, we talked pretty in-depth in the spoiler cast about how this film was originally slotted for HBO Max and we were, you know, on the lookout for was it going to feel cheap? Was it going to feel budgety? Was it going to not feel home in a theater? But ultimately, I feel like they did a good job. I don't know if they had to adjust the movie to fit into theaters or maybe it wasn't far enough along on HBO Max and it was just a very easy adaptation. But this felt like a Hollywood uh, superhero film meant for the theaters, uh, which I think worked out well for it. Um, I don't really know what the future of this movie holds, but I would I would stick around. I'd watch a sequel. I, I hope that they can find a way to possibly shimmy this into James Gunn's broader universe because I liked the the family. I like the actors. Mm-hmm. I like the performances in this, and I'd love to see them like play larger roles moving forward. Uh, but that's hard to say with the current state of DC and Hollywood in general. But I, I think at this point in time, I could recommend this movie. But you're, it's not like you're not going to see something you've mm-hmm. never seen before in this film. Uh, like uh, Chris uh, mentioned before in our in our review, you know, you got notes of Iron Man 2 going on here. Why not throw in Iron Man 1? No. Maybe a little bit of uh, Spider-Man as well. Spider-Man, uh, Ant-Man, <laughs> yeah, anything really. Oh, yeah, Ant-Man for sure. Um, uh, and also, I feel like I didn't bring this up in our review, but I think the, the, the trailers do a disservice to the point of they're showing too much. I thought there were some fun reveals that I would have liked to be surprised by that, you know, we kind of just end up seeing in the trailers. So, you know... If you got family out there, you know that have no idea what they're in, they're in mm-hmm. for, haven't seen anything out there on on the yeah. online. Um, go check it out. I can recommend Blue Beetle. Yeah, I, I, and I think my my stance is the same thing, right? Like, I, it's 
This is out of the three DC movies I've seen this year. This I've had probably the most fun at this one. If I'm going to be honest, like more so than Shazam two, more than the Flash. But is it like the best movie ever? No, it's it's not. It's it's very much a built for streaming movie that moved to theatrical, and you kind of feel it. There's some there's some. You know, the the paint was a little thin in some areas, uh, to use a metaphor. You can kind of see mm-hmm. the the unders and thing, but that doesn't take away from a great actor. I, I cannot pronounce his name. It's X-O-L-O. I believe it's just Zolo. Zolo. Okay. Either I, way. I believe. He, he, is a, sure. he is a great actor. His family, the f- family connection, as Mike mentioned, is really strong in this. It really kind of pulls everything forward and adds a really good connection to everything that, that a lot of other movies just kind of would gloss over, right? Uh, they would they would focus on the other parts and, and less of this. This is really where the movie shines, I feel, and really comes out the most. The... Uh, the Blue Beetle suit, um, despite what I may originally have thought, it looked pretty good on screen. I, I think they really p- finished off. They polished off. There's some really solid action scenes. There are some other really fun moments throughout this. But, again, barely anything that feels new uh, at the end of the day. It feels like, you know, hey, this looks familiar. Uh, you know, it may be equally on par with something that's done before. Um, but, like, you know, the second one is obviously looked less down or looked more down upon because it was second to, to, to get that done. So, you know, that's fine, but there are some really cool moments. It really nails, um, you know, we come back to the vibe, the vibe of this character, the culture, it's all there. Like it really nails that without focusing too much on being a superhero movie. It just happens to be there along the way. Um, I'm a little more optimistic on where they could piece this into the future simply because of how they've presented this character, uh, the origin of the powers and and abilities. So I think there's a lot of opportunities. However, you know, even Aquaman coming out this year, I don't think any DC movie this year will be a uh, considered success, if you will. I'm already doubting Aquaman ahead of time, Mike. I don't know if you, you feel the same way or not, but... I feel like, you know, this is not a box office, you know, groundbreaking movie, but it wasn't built to be that way. It wasn't expensed to be that way. So it's doing just fine. But I think it's still, again, of the three, the most fun I've had at the theater uh, this year. So, um, yeah, soft, again, soft recommend if, if you, you've not. I've yet to catch Barbie, Mike. I will admit this. So I need to go see that next. Um, but uh, ab- absolutely could say, you know, if you've caught up in everything and you need to go catch something – Blue Beetle, definitely, definitely along the way, if you will. But, you know, we're going to shift gears. Speaking of the last DC movie, The Flash, Mike, uh, if people, some people haven't seen this. You may not know this um, due to the low box office numbers that it came in. But um, The Flash is coming to Max streaming service on August 25th next week already, Mike. I can't believe that. Yeah, I need, I need a, a few more people to go see this movie. Uh, I, I do not need to defend this movie. Right. But I feel like I just want the record of history to be accurate where I I see people online saying the Flash is like the worst movie they've ever seen. The worst DC's ever put out. And I just need the record to set straight. The Flash is just an okay movie there. You know, DC's really good at this recently of just making just down the line. okay films. Uh, so I just want to set the record straight again. Yeah. The Flash is not a dumpster fire that people seem to be elevating it at. I don't know where this is coming I, from. I know right? exactly Obviously where it's coming the, from. You, you want to know where it's, it's coming from? It's coming from James that? Gunn saying that this is the greatest superhero ever made. 
Like so, like literally, the only way to 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 ease that out is to hype go hyperbole the other direction like two hyperboles cancel each other out so like okay so that's that's not bad so uh, that's what you should do folks out there you need to collect all of the aggregation yeah. of hype and average it out and you get an average movie like yeah. the flash yeah the flash the problem with the flash is it had a it, it's is an average movie but it had a lot more possibly going for it like potentiality in it and mm-hmm. it only came down to the middle so so i agree people's disappointment but is it bad is is it like Oh my god, the worst thing I've ever seen. <clears throat> no, I watched Shazam two earlier this year, so um, I don't know if they saw that or not. That that might be why they think it's the worst movie, Mike, because they missed out on Shazam two, which was just an awful, awful film. Did they watch Wonder Woman eighty four? Has anyone seen that? Like, maybe they need to go back and revisit that. <laughs> maybe they just skipped it because they no. didn't have HBO Max. Yeah, they're they're one of the faithful. But at the end of the day, the uh, the Flash is ending its theatrical run at two hundred sixty eight million dollars worldwide, which would be considered a loss for them simply because of the cost to make it which is like 200 million dollars to make this movie and the considerable amount of marketing they did as well so i'm Mm -hmm. sorry that they lost all this money but again not to bring it up twice in a row but barbie was such a success it made up for all this loss in one go (laughs) uh so so kudos to it and um it's uh, longevity at the box office as well Let's talk about Ahsoka, this show that's coming out this week, Mike, on Disney+. Plus. My wife was like, oh, is that this week? I'm like, yeah. She's like, that's so exciting. She is so excited to watch this show. We get two episodes debuting, not Wednesday anymore, but Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific for you, Mike. Uh, you're going to be able to get home from work and turn this right on. So it sounds like, my guess is here, Disney wants people to be talking about this on Wednesday rather than spoiling it for people on Wednesday. What do I you mean, think? that's that's what I've been wanting for everything at Disney Plus. Like, stop doing these like essentially midnight releases and let me watch it like everyone else in the universe was watching the most popular show ever, Game of Thrones. You know, just yeah. give us a time to look for where most of America is awake, and I would appreciate uh, yeah. that. Uh, last week on the show, I mentioned that Man of Recaps YouTube video that recaps uh, Clone Wars and Mm. Rebels, and I gave that a watch after I found out live on the show last week that it existed, and it was a really great recap. Uh, It gave me, I felt like it's primed me pretty well. I mean, obviously, if somebody is a Rebels expert, they might have a different feeling because they'll know if anything was left out or different focuses should have been shifted somewhere else on the recap, but I feel like I'm primed and ready to watch Ahsoka, and I'm not going to feel like I'm left out. I have a very strong idea of the character's past and the different adventures that they've already gone on and then kind of like the swashbuckling team that they've put together in the past. So I'm ready and I'm here for it. I'm ready to go. I think the one thing – I watched it as well, and I I would say the one thing, it's very – very uh, Ahsoka story focused, which is good rather than a recap of the entire series, which is more probably, I would say, disappointing for that. But I will say the one thing he kind of glosses over in Rebels, and he mentions it briefly, is that there is this room that like kind of time travels in Star Wars, right? This like space that time travels. I'm like, I'm interested to see if they bring this back in the show because that was a very big point in in Rebels. <laughs> so, um, do you want to see time travel in Star Wars, Mike, is my question before we, we move on here. Because that's like I, a very weird thing to say about yeah, Star Wars. I don't know. I feel like you, you once you do that, you have tonally shifted the entire universe of Star Wars. And you're yeah. going to have to commit to it. Because like the animated shows, they they make stretches for sure 
for better or for worse, I remember watching Clone Wars. There's a whole arc where they're on some sort of... It's not even like a planet. Is it, is it like a cube or something where it's like the devil and God well, inside well, it's, of it it's, or it's something the, like that? It's the embodiment of the light and the dark side, right? Like it's the two, the the the, the son and the daughter, right? Kind of thing. And like yeah, Obi-Wan like, and Ahsoka die and then they're brought back to life. It's weird. It's real which weird. Which is just like absolutely wild. Can you imagine that trying to be committed like to live action, right? So yeah. I feel like in the context of animation, they can kind of get away with it a little bit more, yeah. but – yeah, time travel. My like, I feel like if you're going time travel, like that does not square with a show with a show like Andor, but it yeah. might square with more of a show that leans into Jedi's and the Force. Well, how are you gonna undo Kathleen Kennedy's assassination <laughs> on on Star Wars if you don't have time travel to wipe it clean? All right, all right. Maybe I'm okay with it. Now. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> but yeah. So um. Yeah. Anyway, there's that's a big focus of it so we'll see if they they pull any of this into into that as well but yes so uh tuesday uh 9 p.m eastern 6 p.m pacific you can catch this on disney plus if the system doesn't crash from everyone trying to watch it over on disney plus they're also filming uh they were filming daredevil born again the 18 episode series on disney plus wild numbers here but the series will reportedly have kingpin running for mayor of new york mike i figure that's pretty giveable right or like a given right like I feel like that's like yeah he's gonna do that like he's done yeah, the comic books before yeah very t- we've seen similar things happen with uh like norman osborne in the spider-man video games yep. lex luther on any scale in any superhero yep. show so exactly let's bring it on. easy and then the other part of this was a very uh, a controversial part here like you know uh, good countries the punisher will be taking care of law enforcement who have been using his symbol in their name so he's very much against that uh, people using the Punisher logo in law enforcement. So if they do tackle that in the show, I'd be very surprised. If I'm gonna be yeah. honest. I mean that that tracks with real life. The yeah. the writers and creator uh, of the Punisher are just like you. Do you not understand the character that we created and yeah. why you uh, toting the what, logo? What, what, what he actually no, stands for? Yeah, yeah, makes no narrative sense. So uh, I can't wait to see uh, some of the news headlines from specific quote-unquote news outlets uh, tear into that one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, John Bernthal really sells that character. Like, he really Mm -hmm. is a terrifying person. Uh, It looks like a terrifying person and pulling it off. So I'm very excited to see him return to that role in the MCU. Also in the MCU, apparently the Spider-Man 4 script, the first draft was done before the WH strike, and it was revealed that it was written by Chris McKenna and Eric Summers, who had written the previous Star Wars, or not, sorry, <laughs> Spider-Man script. I'm just laughing because I see the second bullet point that you've written down, <laughs> yeah. and I, don't, yeah. I have no context for it. It's just... You have supposedly quote very good. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> well, I would hope I would hope so, and right. I don't know who said it. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. The, the reports are like, yeah, the script was very good. I'm like, what? What does that mean? How specific is this? What, yeah. what do we want out of this? I'm, uh, not, I'm not saying that I can't believe more Tom Holland Spider-Man would be very good, but also uh, Tom Cruise promised the Flash was gonna like change Hollywood forever. Mm. So like I, you know, you gotta take people with a grain of salt. I can take very good over the best script they've ever read, though. Like someone's <laughs> like, like yeah, it's very good. I'm like, okay, that's pretty, that's pretty solid. I, I will say, you know, um, I'm, I'm looking up here, Far From Home, uh, No Way Home, both written, uh, and 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 uh, Homecoming. All all these guys had hands in all the Spider-Man scripts so far. So. 
if I could say anything, I, w- I would say that I, I trust them to continue writing that character, right? Like, they've yeah. given me no reason to to doubt their Spider-Man writing abilities in the mm-hmm. MCU at large. Yeah, we might have missed the the news by a week, or maybe we just didn't throw it in because it was just it was obvious it wasn't even really news, but that um, John Watts, who directed the original Spider-Man uh, Tom Holland trilogy, confirmed that this it was supposed to act as an origin story yeah. for the character, which, I mean, I guess you really have to, like, think about it, like, at a mile-high kind of galaxy brain type of deal. Like, I, I get it, essentially, because we kind of said the same thing when we, when we reviewed No Way Home of just, like, that final scene where he's got the classic suit on, yeah. stripped away from all of his Tony Stark kind of powers, and he's just out there. He's got a police with, scanner and a cheap yeah. apartment in New York. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like, oh, he's, like, truly Spider-Man now. He's been through some shit. So, yeah, I, I agree with the fact that it was an origin story. It is just kind of nice to hear that it seemed like that was the plan overall. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, so now the real Spider-Man movies can begin, Mike. Yeah, so, it's time for him to get that black suit and start dancing to jazz music. That's, that's right. He's gonna be he's gonna be throwing down so many finger stamps at the on the <laughs> sidewalk. You're gonna love it. Um, but yeah, so Spider-Man Four. I'm excited for this. I obviously we're in a hold for a lot of news, actual news and confirmations. So we'll keep you guys posted as we kind of move through through this. Thor 5 is reportedly in development at Marvel Studios, at least was before the strikes as well. Uh, And uh, there's a good chance that Taika Waititi will return to direct it. Asterix, he has acknowledged the previous flaws of his movie, (laughs) saying that they may have gone a little wild on the last one, a little too zany. So I think he does great movies. He creates great drama movies. Not all of his movies are comedies, uh, right? So I I feel there's a chance for him to rein it back in. Uh, Other people aren't willing to give him that chance. I don't I don't know. Do we need a Thor five at this point? I mean, I don't I don't wanna pretend that I understand a band that I've never met and I've only ever seen him, you know, in like press junkets, you know, in an official in like these more official capacities, right? But it does kind of feel like if I try to imagine, you know, Taika as a person, you know, he went from kind of just making like these indie movies uh, from New Zealand, his mm. career exploded in a good way where now he's like directing, you know, some of the biggest like blockbuster movies of all time. He was even doing the classic Hollywood of I made a really popular movie. Now they I can make Akira if I want to. I, I, I feel like maybe like he 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 got a little self inflated. Right. Mm. Maybe he didn't quite, you know think that his shit could stink anymore and maybe he wasn't taking notes as seriously or maybe Uh, he truly believed his vision was the only thing that should have made it to screen. What I'm just trying to say is it seemed like he got a little out of control in that last Thor Love and Thunder. Um, I mean, and, and out of control in the sense of like, like he just made a goofier movie, not like he killed somebody. I'm not trying to like, you yeah. know, say he needs no. to go to jail or anything. Well, I I think I would say I don't know. Again, this is post Bob. This is a Bob Chapek era movie, right, Mike? And mm. and how has quality been under Chapek? You think pretty good? Yeah, P- pretty good. It's been, it's been poor. So right, but like looking at what he did, Thor Ragnarok. Everybody loves Thor Ragnarok, right? Uh, he he directed. He was not the writer, but then he went on to write, direct, and produce Jojo Rabbit. Probably one of the like the most 
heartbreaking movies of his I'd say he has. Like Yeah, heartbreaking and also hilarious at the same yeah, time. Yeah, right. Like like wild. he he can manage humor and emotion. I like like deep emotion, not just like surface level emotion. Mm-hmm. Really well. And then Thor Love and Thunder came out and it was like you know, it felt maybe phoned in a little bit. You think like maybe yeah. someone was calling like I I don't I feel like he just didn't care in the press junkets for this because like someone else was calling the shots like at the end of the day. how much in studio interference was there and we've heard yeah. about this with all the MCU um, on Disney Plus stuff right like at what point does like was Chapek's resume being like the producers are going to come in and tell you what to do rather and than- who knows maybe some stuff was going on in his personal life too yeah. I mean everyone always talks about George Lucas with uh, Temple of Doom. You know, yeah. he's going through a divorce and everyone's saying yeah. that affected the production of the film. So I guess this is just a good opportunity yeah. to go. You know, people are just human. Uh, for the most part, m- most people seem to respond positively to like Taika and his sensibilities. So yeah. he's got uh, he's got skill in him. And so it's not like a reflection of him as like overall. Yeah. But like, you know, do we need Thor five? I guess my whole question is like, do we need a Thor five? That's a good question. <laughs> like, that, that, like, this is a weird thing to put your energy into um, at Marvel because it'd be the only movie it, to get five, five total. It, it seems like if you can get in one more Thor movie, right, b- before um, Secret Wars, right, before that big thing wraps up, right, we can maybe send Thor off in this big event. Right? Yeah. We got Tony Stark and uh, Captain America and Black Widow all kind of got sunsetted in that movie. So now yeah. who do we have left? We have Hulk yeah. and we have Thor and my and uh, well Hawkeye, Hawkeye I suppose. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean obviously I think the the best ending for Hawkeye is he just to, gets to just be with his family. I think right. that's what it is. He just retires like a normal human being would. Right. Um but yeah, if we can maybe get Thor and Hulk to kind of like ride off into the sunset and whatever version that is in Secret Wars, I think yes, we can slip one more Thor movie in there before yeah. all that. And I think there's an opportunity, you know, well Thor Eleven that really squandered the idea of pantheons and gods, right? Like really mm-hmm. squandered that ability. I would love to see this kind of maybe go back to that a little bit. Like a little like what are gods? Why are the pantheons? Like, what do they do? Like, really dive into the mythologies and like. What is what is the actual ramifications for killing Zeus? I mean, yeah. that should hold more well, weight. He than didn't. Just being he didn't die. He didn't die. He's at the end. Oh yeah, he is at the end. Because right? he's got Ted yeah. Lasso, dude. Uh, yeah, we got to see Hercules. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But but at the same time, like you know, what is you know. Um, I guess being a, an outlawed god, if you will. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's all over the goddamn place because I'm like that doesn't sound very fun either. Like we need a, if you're gonna do Thor five, do a good story and like you said, Chris Hemsworth he, he would do it forever. Get, you know, give him, but he probably wants to go out on a good note in in, in Secret Wars. So <clears throat> let's look forward to that. But speaking of Avengers Secret Wars, I got news for that. Um, apparently, as we've reported for the past what feels like a year. They are mm-hmm. setting up an all-new, all-different MCU after Secret Wars, which oh. is what Marvel Comics used as a phrase to sell their comic books in 2012. It wasn't a reboot. It was just a shift around of how different creators, different writers, different you know team, team-ups, team really, in the universes. Um, this is where Jonathan Hickman got his start, who literally is based all, – all, like, all these movies have been based on his stuff, right? Um, so that would be interesting to me to do an all new, all different MCU. 
you, you get you, you jettison the history, right? You don't have to watch anything before this. You can start here, start today, and move forward. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before in the past about how this could be a possible way forward. But also, it does make you wonder, well, what's the what's the place for the X-Men and what's the place for the Fantastic Four? These mm-hmm. kind of like two IP that they are kind of just getting off the ground running and then they might theoretically just explode the entire universe, right? Do we find a way to keep those groups going that yeah. they built? Or, so, or are they, or are they just yeah. gonna like kind of bring back a bunch of like James Marsden, Hugh Jackman style X Men for Secret Wars, and then just kill them so, all off, and then start yeah. everything over in a rebooted universe? As we've talked about, the Fantastic Four is probably gonna be set in the '60s, right, or mm-hmm. '70s, and then sit forward. So if they're the '60s and '70s, then they're in Secret Wars, and then they get a kickoff in modern time, in in this new, all new, all different. I think that's fine, right? Like you don't need. Another movie in between, like they they start off they're 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 existing they're they're going, you know you can go watch their their origin movie if you want to but you don't have to. Um, yeah. I ex- guess it just depends. It just depends on what kind of comic book reset are they yeah. kind of maybe alluding to? Are they thinking brand new, start fresh, or oh, no. the, the, some characters carry yeah. over, have previous knowledge, but have to adjust to a new life and like a new universe the way, deal? The way Secret Wars, the last issue, or the last run of, of Secret Wars ended, it was a merging of everything into one like regular Earth, not, not a, mm-hmm. um, like DC, like a, a DC does Earth Prime, right? Marvel had like an Earth, like kind of prime and there there were no multiverses there were no other things so i would love to think that it's a some care like they carry over and if you watch the historical thing you're like oh i understand this but like they also don't need to drag you down with exposition of who characters are right because like you know now 20 in 2027 when this lands marvel characters those are like household names right like your kids grew up knowing that um you know uh you don't have to explain who they are. They just kind of kick off and they're, and they're going down, down in the movie. So I don't know, but I, I'm ex- I, I think this is a good, I think if this is true and they're able to pull it off and they're able to streamline things and get back to quality, as they've mentioned multiple times the past six months, that would be good for everybody. Right? Like, mm-hmm. like a return to quality a return to simplicity, um, event, event filmmaking kind of stuff. So, um, We'll cross our fingers, and obviously we'll keep reporting reporting back. Next, no, we're not here next week. Have you heard the Doctor Strange stuff about Doctor Strange uh, three being an incursion based movie, where like I mean, he is we, the, like, he is the, we, the ev- evilness that they're trying to fight because he oh. he's caused the incursions on accident. No, kind of I, I haven't I haven't heard that yeah. I haven't heard that rumor floating. Yeah, around. it's it's a rumor again. I don't want I don't focus on too much, but like Doctor Strange seems to be a big Doctor Strange three will be here before. Secret Wars, but um, he will be. They'll be pulling a lot of Jonathan Hickman's New Avengers stuff into that movie to show like mm-hmm. other other worlds. So um, I don't know. I'm excited for this stuff because I like Hickman's things, but I really want them to do it well, rather than just as we said with Secret Invasion, borrow the name and then do something completely off brand, if you will. Uh, just real quick, let's touch on this. I don't know. Did you see this Rick and Morty music video thing coming out that came out this week? Like a season seven yeah. music video preview? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a teaser trailer. For like a recap, season. if you will. Because yeah, like all that stuff's there. 
I was a little confused because I'm not caught up on Rick and Morty episodically. Yeah. I am caught up on it dramatically with yes. the, the goings-on of the voice cast and everything. I started following a very popular uh, choice for the replacement for Royland because uh, this guy is just a, a, an amazing duplicate for yeah. uh, for the for his voice and uh, I and he ultimately said like the other week on Twitter listen guys they didn't call me thanks for all the support but you know yeah. I'm, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna stop thinking about this it's been taking up a lot of my mental bandwidth wondering you know is yeah. my is my life going to categorically change from just somebody on TikTok who's been able to do a good Rick and Morty to mm. somebody that does it professionally? So what I'm trying to get at here, Chris, is at the very end of this music video, we do get to hear Rick talk to Morty. But is that from the that's from that's from the last season? season? That? that that is from oh, the last okay. season. So everything yeah, yeah. in this okay. music video preview is essentially a recap, if you will, of the previous mm. seasons. Uh, catching up to um, where where we ended, literally the ending of like they're going to make it their job to hunt down this Rick Prime, if you will. Um, but you know the thing is again the confirmation here that they're not even giving us a little hint to is that they will use soundalikes for the for Royland's characters, including the title characters Rick and Morty, exactly the opposite direction as the show Solar Opposites, where they recast the main character. With Dan Stevens because he got hit in the head or something, and now he talks with a British or, accent. Or it was like a dart to yeah, the some, neck or something. something changed his remember. voice, yeah, to to where he was British. So like they're not they're not addressing it um, like Solar Opposites did uh, with a new person. They're literally doing you know recasting it and maintaining. So um, I'm excited to watch more in here. I've heard the working conditions are better on the shows. Uh, <laughs> But I again, I wasn't around for anything, and um, as as stated, Royland has been, I wouldn't say exonerated, but he's not been charged or tried with anything of his crime. So again, innocent till proven guilty, um, or I guess innocent because he was proven innocent. So I, I think it's thing, more but his, like his reputation is already gone. It's what is uh what does Samuel L. Jackson say? The absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence, or am yeah. I saying it the other way around? It's kind of one of yeah. those situations, yeah. Of like. And also, like, I've heard just anecdotal stories around town of Royland that are right. do not cast him in a good light. And and it's not even necessarily related to the specific thing that he was dealing with in the courts out here. So yeah. the, the kind of the way I look at it is, is the people that were kind of forced to work with them. Uh, th they were just looking for any sort of excuse to not have to do that anymore because yeah. that I mean that's a lesson for everyone out there in the world right just be a uh, just be a good person and just be just be a human being that like yeah. that's nice that people want to be around and then people will be more often to give you the benefit of the doubt when you need it yeah yeah absolutely so um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited when this returns, uh, hear more about it. Definitely an interesting scenario and we will, uh, you know, we'll, we'll recap whenever they, they make some announcements down the road. Lastly, uh, Mike, uh, this is, this is in here for you cause I know you're very excited for it. And that is the trailer yes. anime yes. trailer for Scott Pilgrim takes off the upcoming anime for Netflix coming out this November. So, uh, obviously we've talked about this before the voice cast from the 20. 10 movie, I believe, 2010 movie, returns uh, to voice their characters again for this uh, anime adaptation of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, it's star-studded. And also, 
I feel like maybe the press releases and, you know, uh, official documentation might be referring to it as an anime, but it's really just an animated version of uh, the Scott Pilgrim graphic novels, which obviously draw inspiration from like video games and, you know, nerdy culture and I'm sure anime and manga as well. Uh, But yeah, it's I, I. it's well, just like visually don't and don't think of anime just think of the graphic novel just put to you know 12 to 24 frames yeah. a second e- either either way i mean they, they say it's anime and it's done by a japanese uh company which one is it um i just had this pulled up because i don't know uh sorry i i forget what the company is. i'll figure it out here in a minute oh science saru I mean, science saru yeah, uh, I mean, so. I guess technically, if you look at it through that lens, if it's being animated by a Japanese company, you know, yeah. I guess gen- DNA genetically, it is anime. But yeah. traditionally, when people hear anime, they think of a specific. It's not the style. well to, to reference the Lori Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty has an anime that is done in a, um, you know, like a bleach style anime, right, or something mm-hmm. of like a you know of a Gundam style anime. And this is more, you know, the the. The guy who who did this, uh, who drew uh, Scott Pilgrim, literally took like a was it like how to draw anime for nerds or something book that that he took and, and drew this yeah. for for yeah, so yeah. Brian Lee O'Malley is great. I've been following him on social media for a while, um, but this this is all splitting hairs to the fact of like mm-hmm. this trailer is like awesome. If you like Scott Pilgrim. Uh, especially if you like Edgar Wright's uh, uh, movie adaptation of it, you're just getting like the marriage of like both worlds here perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the voice cast is returning, like all of, like everyone's returning. I it, like even Chris Evans. I don't think yeah. that there's a big like gap left out of like, oh well, they they couldn't get you know Allison, you know, um, or Brie Larson or whatever. Uh, I think they I think they got her as well. So. I think this is really cool, exciting. I was like frame by framing on this trailer because I was oh, like, yeah. "Oh, this looks so cool." Yeah, I mean, to me, I, 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 um, I'm a big fan of the live action movie, right? Edgar Wright's live action movie is that perfect blend of like live action and like draw hand drawn animation over the the, mm-hmm. the thing. Very quirky, very, very fun. I actually love it. This, um, I'm not, I'm not as into this, <laughs> um, uh, sadly, but it's you know mostly I'm. It's, I guess it's November. I need to be a little closer before I like really get hyped. I'll be into it doubly extra oh, yeah, that's fine. You can for have that. you. I mean, it's hard to say if it's going to capture the same kind of nostalgia that I have for Scott Pilgrim back in the day. Because I think like like a lot of people out there in the world, they came to Scott Pilgrim through Edgar Wright's movie like I did. And then you branch out and you start yeah. to go and investigate the source material, right? So that might be a bit of a challenge of like, well, how do you live up to the live action that brought in a lot of this audience and then, you know, thread the needle for the OG fans, right? Uh, that might be hard to do, yeah. Uh, might. But it looks like it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's eight episodes, and um, again, this is called Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, which I believe is the. It wasn't one of the names. Like, yeah, Scott Pilgrim versus the World was the name of one of the books, but this is not. But it's supposed. It's like retelling the Scott Pilgrim stuff as well, right? Like there, you can literally see frame. Like you mentioned, frame by frame, some of the scenes are like, oh, this is from the live action movie, and you can see see that, which is also again from the book. So it's like a three level deep kind of uh, yeah. homage, if you will. But yeah, like it's it's really 
again pulling no punches netflix is doing a really good job with this i feel and like really diving into some of the stuff from like 15 plus years ago to 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 their audience i guess so i'm i'm actually really impressed at how well this looks and and what they've gone through to get to get it Mm -hmm. done along the way if you will so um but yeah yeah absolutely uh like i said um november 17th uh, you can check that on netflix and uh revisit scott pilgrim from the movie from 20 2010 mike what's the weather check for you out there before we get off of here the weather check uh the rain is picking up the headlines are talking about drenching and things getting worse for california but as of right now looking mm-hmm. out my window it just looks like a lot of rain but yeah. the wind should be picking up at some point in time and that's when things will get a little bit more real all right well let's go ahead and wrap it up for you so you can get uh somewhere safe and hang out and you know worry about california wildfires next week once the the <laughs> the you know the tropical storm dies down but where can people find you in the meantime well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok threads, uh, wherever else you want to enter that in your social media search engine. But please go read my webcomic at liferewardsrisk.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Valdan87, or video game uh, networks of the same name, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. If people want to know more about the show, uh, where they can listen to our Blue Beetle review we did right before we jumped on here, where can they listen to all that good stuff? Yeah, all you got to do is head on over to SuperheroSlate.com. That is the headquarters for everything we do here at the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts. You can like us on Facebook, uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, get merch, SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. Reach out. Let us know if you're excited for Scott Pilgrim takes off. What's your thoughts on the voice casting for Rick and Morty? Do you think Thor 5 needs to happen? Let us know. We love hearing from you, and we love our super fans. And if you want to be a super fan, all you got to do is share the show with a buddy, share the show with a friend, and we will be taking next week off. So we'll see you in a couple weeks, folks. That's right. We'll catch you then. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.